living longer and staying healthier. It's Healthy Talk with Dr. Michael Smith, MD. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. So I think a lot of us follow, I think, what we believe to be, I don't know, good weight loss advice. Um, maybe some of it helps, maybe some of it doesn't. I don't I don't know. But I think there are um, some beliefs out there about weight and maintaining weight or losing weight that may not be all that true. Um, and so I have a guest that we're, uh, is going to come on and talk about these myths that actually might hamper <laughs> your weight loss efforts. His name is Brad Davidson. He's the co-founder of Stark a fully integrated fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle facility in Irving, California, and he's author of The Stark Naked 21-Day Metabolic Reset. Brad, welcome to Healthy Talk. Ah, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. So, okay, let's talk about some myths that might uh, that we think help us lose weight, but that might actually be causing us to gain weight. Let's start with this one, because you hear this all the time. Five to six meals a day is the best way to either maintain weight or lose it. True or false? I say false. Um, and I say that from a number of research pieces I found over the last couple of years. As I was writing this book, I work with extreme high achievers. People are just overwhelmed in life. And so often people are unwilling to eat healthy because they think they have to eat six meals a day. And they just have the time. And research shows that in 2012 there was a study that showed high-frequency meals versus low-frequency meals had the exact opposite effect of what everybody thought. Everybody thinks the more often you eat, the faster your metabolism. What that research found was it was actually the opposite. The groups that ate two meals or three meals a day actually had a faster metabolism than the group that ate the five to six meals. And there's been multiple studies like that. And so what I found is that you don't have to eat every two to three hours. Like, for instance, they say that if you go too long without eating, you're going to hit starvation mode. And the research says, well, that takes like 72 hours, not four hours, not five hours. And there's lots of research validating uh, intermittent fasting is working pretty well. So what I like to see people do is, is fit it into the lifestyle. If they're eating five or six meals a day now and it's working, stick with it. If they're not and it's overwhelming, I only do three. And most of my clientele do three. My professional athletes, they mostly just do right. four. So you don't have to eat five but, or six but, meals but a Brad, day for success. Brad, but couldn't the problem then be, okay, so okay, maybe in, in, in terms of metabolic rate, uh, yeah. Two or three meals might be fine, maybe so, but isn't maybe a problem with this? So if I tell a client or something, well, let's try just two or three meals a day, but if they're too hungry, they tend to eat bad, you know, they tend to make bad choices with those meals. Is that maybe why you see some people eating two meals a day and gaining weight because they're just hungry? And so maybe for them, it might be better to eat a few more meals? Well, yeah, I mean, it still comes down to you have to choose the right foods. So, um, yeah, of yeah. course, I mean, if you're going to eat two horrible meals versus six healthy meals, that you're going to have a problem. But if you're eating the right foods, it's not so much how often you eat. It's, amount, it's about the amount of calories you eat in a given day. Whether you spread that over two meals or eight meals, the caloric effect on the metabolism is the same. So it, there is no real major advantage. There is an advantage you're trying to put muscle mass on. If you're trying to get stronger, yeah. uh, then you have to have a higher realm of insulin all day long to help with recovery. If you're an extreme athlete and you train all the time and you're exercising three, four, five hours a day, you're probably going to have to eat more often to sustain performance. But when it comes just to a faster metabolism, you don't have to live around your food. And they actually show that by spacing the meals out and eating less often, your insulin levels are lower on average throughout the day. So you get a better hormonal response from the food. So you, you said something interesting that some of the research 
that you have seen says that the starvation mechanisms don't really kick in until 72 hours after, say, fasting or, unfortunately for some people, starving. Um, but that's maybe that's so. So if that's the case, is breaking the fast breakfast as important as we think it is? I mean, this is coming from the British Journal of Nutrition, and they basically looked at fasting, what was going on at 12, 36, and 72 hours. And what they found is that the 12 and 36-hour marks, there was actually enhanced metabolic function, not a sluggish one. And that starvation mode that everybody has us so afraid of, it actually didn't kick in the study until the 72-hour mark. So going five hours without eating versus two has no detrimental effect. And in this study, it may even be a positive. So yeah, so there is some research validating that maybe not breaking the fast of breakfast is the most important thing. So, Wow, that's, so that's, pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I guess, again, the issue becomes if, if, you ha, you know, if, you're, if you don't break the fast and you wait until lunch, you might be starving and starving to make the bad choices again. So yeah. the issue might simply be controlling hunger, which, which could be very important in making healthier choices. Let's wait, okay, let's go on to this one. So um, a lot of people believe that they should never eat any carbs like past, I don't know, like 8 o'clock at night. Right? And as a matter yeah. of fact, I was just talking to somebody who, who, was, who was doing that. They, oh, I don't have any carbs after 8. I'll eat maybe a little protein or something at 9, and then I go to bed. What about that? Yeah, that's always been an interesting one. I, I, I have my clientele always eat their carbs at dinner or later. And it comes from, one, again, I have to reference who I'm working with, high-achieving people that live life aggressively. And a lot of them are just wore out. Their biggest nemesis is they don't sleep enough. And what happens is carbohydrates cause an insulin response. It elevates, and then when it comes down, you release serotonin gob in the brain. It makes you want to fall asleep. So my biggest conquest with the people I work with, what I fear most is lack of sleep. So I'm doing everything I can to get them to sleep. And I came across this really interesting study in 2011 out of Israel. They took overweight police officers, high-stress job. And so I liked that because it relates to my people, a lot of stress in their lives. And they fed... Um, they split the groups up, and one group had 80% of their carbs or more from dinner on. It was interesting, over six months, the exact opposite happened in that study from what we hear is that the group that ate majority of their carbs later in the day, they lost more weight and more fat over six months. Their blood chemistry got better than the other group. They slept better, the less hunger issues the next day. So they performed so much better that way. And what I have found with my clientele is if I can mimic a Thanksgiving meal at dinner, it's impossible for them to stay up late in the night. They want to fall asleep. It's beautiful. So I keep carbs at bay all day long, so hormones can be optimal. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, so hormones can be optimal all day long. And then I get the big insulin rush, the replenishment of muscle glycogen at that point because muscle glycogen is probably low, and then my people sleep. And that is the biggest mm -hmm. bang for the buck in getting results yeah. is getting people to sleep better. Yeah. Uh, well, many of our problems are sleep-related, right? And we, we know that it's it's a chronic issue in this problem. And a lot of times I like to joke, Brad, with people that, you know, um, so often people will come to me, well, I'm just so tired. What what pill can I take? And it's not, a, it's usually a sleep issue, right? It's not, it's not exactly. a, a magic bullet. You just got to get better <laughs> rest and stuff. You mentioned, okay, let's go into this hormone idea, though. Um, yeah. So are there, are there certain foods or certain times that are best to eat to maybe to produce more androgens that might help me lose weight and keep more muscle mass? Yeah, for sure. So I like to keep insulin at bay early in the day. What we have found is that if you're eating proteins and fats, this is one of the reasons I have nothing against vegetarian diets. If people do it, 
They just need to work with somebody that's very skilled in that. But research is pretty clear that the easiest way to boost androgens is to eat foods that are high in protein, high in fats, and higher in, in, in cholesterol. Because those are the things the body needs as a precursor to make more sex hormones. So, you know, a little bit of coconut oil, some, you know, some animal meat that has a little bit of good animal fat. I mean, quality matters at that standpoint because you start driving a bunch of inflammation. You're going to create another problem. But proteins and good fats are the precursors to great sex hormones. So we always start the morning off with our clients having proteins and fats for breakfast. It could simply be a couple of free-range eggs and a couple handfuls of nuts. That will wake the brain up. It'll drive energy levels, and it'll allow people to live life more focused and aggressively that way throughout the day. So that's yeah. how I like. I like to save the carbs that can crash hormones till later. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Brad, tell me. So the book, the book is The Stark Naked 21-Day metabolic reset is yeah. there um do you have your own website that my listeners can go do to check it out uh where yeah. where can they purchase the book uh so they can either go to braddavidson.com or starknakedreset.com so braddavidson.com or starknakedreset.com go check it out fascinating uh book a lot of really good insight i like the fact brad that you always bring up the studies scientific based um, a lot of interesting stuff in there. So good luck with the book. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well.